Welcome to From the Field to the Fans. I'm your host, Paul Livingood, and joining me, senior sports reporter Matt Gervitz. So I guess the the news is out. Keesum Ramirez, our old host and sports editor, has moved on to bigger and better things. He joined uh, the Pounding Rock and uh, the, the Statesman, so he has resigned, and I'm taking over for him. So shout out to Keesum. I hope that I do you proud, and, and so I guess this, is, this will be my first podcast as the new host. So here we go. Uh, the new game this com- uh, coming up tomorrow on th- uh, Thursday, Texas State versus Georgia Southern. Last year it was a very close game, 25-28 uh, loss for Texas State, uh, sprung by a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown uh, that made the game a 28-10 to deficit uh, as time expired in the third quarter. Uh, Tyler Jones had a great game um, in terms of uh, passing efficiency and just overall production, uh, 30 for 51, 302 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So I guess, Matt, you're going to be covering this sport with me now. So what, what, what do you, what's your take? That's a tough loss, especially that uh, pick six to end the third quarter. They were going in trying to make it a four-point four game, and the fans are going crazy and seeing that happen to their team. That's just got to mess with your mind a lot. That's just your emotions are so high, and then all of a sudden they just hit the floor. Yeah, it's crazy. the the stadium was definitely deflated. I mean, you could you could have heard a pen drop yeah, in that stadium. Um, I was in the stands for that game. I wasn't covering football back then, and I was in the end zone that he returned it to. And I just like my I was just like, oh man, that that's that hurts because I mean Georgia Southern is a team that dominates the Sun Belt Conference year after year since they've joined uh, in 2014. And Texas State was showing some promise, and that happens. And it kind of essentially ended – it didn't end the game because Tyler Jones ended up coming back, which we'll talk about later. But at the time, you're just like, gosh, that that's the dagger right there. Like, I don't know if the Bobcats have it in them. So uh, – To lose to three to a team that went undefeated in the conference is something to be proud of as well, though. I agree. I'm not a believer in moral victories, but that is pretty close to a moral victory. They held them down to 227 yards rushing that game. That is unbelievable, really. They're averaging 369 yards a game this year. If they can, if they can hold them to under 250 yards again, I think they got a good shot to make this a pretty competitive game and maybe even walk out with a win. I agree with you. Um, I actually looked this up uh, earlier for my recap, and – Last year, that uh, holding the 227 yards, that was the lowest mark uh, set in a single game for, oh, wow. for Georgia Southern that whole entire season. So um, it's fitting that it was that close. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were shocked to see that Texas State was so close to Georgia Southern. Um, fast forward to this year, um, two different dynamics. Texas State's won their second game of the season. Um, Georgia Southern has just lost their first Sunbelt game ever in two years to Appalachian State. Uh, they lost, where was it? They lost 13-31 uh, to 31 to mm-hmm. Appalachian State. They only ran for 188 rushing yards, and they averaged 369 this year, so that's Ouch. not nearly the amount of production they're used to getting. Um, but uh, Ellison threw interception. The backup quarterback came in through interception. So, I mean, that, that's got to that's gotta hurt. It was a crazy game. Um, Appalachian State just kind of looked like they were better than Georgia Southern in that game. They came out and just – just kicked their butt all night. It was a pretty much a dominant. Did you watch that game? Yeah, I watched it. It was a Thursday night game last last week, I think, mm-hmm. on ESPNU. It was an, it was a good night game. It was, was going to be a, it was a good matchup. I mean, number one, number two in the Sun Belt. Um, both are new to the Sun Belt as well. And just Appalachian State, I was really impressed by the Mountaineers in that game. Georgia Southern, 
They didn't run the ball well, but I think Appalachian State just straight and They up just won. controlled the line. I didn't yeah. watch the game. I, I I was too busy covering the, the Texas State. They were getting screen passes. They were going deep down the field. Their quarterback, um, I think his name is Lamb mm-hmm. for Appalachian uh, yes, State. Yes, Lamb, yes. Yeah, he looked really good. I think he's the best passing quarterback in the conference. Okay. Tyler Jones, I'd say, is one or two for dual threat, comparing him to the Georgia Southern quarterback, even though he doesn't throw the ball very much. Threw 11 times against Texas State last year. Okay, so like I said, uh, fast forward into this year, um, Texas State just came off a big win. Robert Lowe just had a huge performance, probably his arguably his biggest of the year. He had a career high, 248 yards, 30 carries, three touchdowns. Um, you talked to Coach Fran um, at practice yesterday, and he uh, you asked him about – Robert Lowe's role in uh, moving forward. So, like, what did he tell you there? Well, he pretty much said he's the workhorse now. Robert Lowe got the it was the only running back to get a carry in their last game, and he had 30 of them. So he's going to be the guy. He, they're going to rely on him a lot from here on out. He's told Robert, Robert Lowe talked to me, and he said that he's been taking a lot of ice baths, eating really healthy because he's got a lot, a lot of pounding that's going to be happening to him for the rest of the season. He's going to be running all over the place. Yep. Uh, for those who don't know, Chris Nottall, uh, two games ago, um, he broke his ankle. He's out for the season. Then um, that set up Robert Lowe to get all the uh, – because I, I heard Brand, uh, not Brad Franchini, Dennis Franchini, uh, head coach, saying uh, to the media that usually Chris Nottall and Robert Lowe share 30 carries, uh, so they'd get around 15 each. But when Chris Nottall went down um, – Robert Lowe had to step up and take all those carries and have be the workhorse. And so, lo and behold, against South Alabama, Robert Lowe shows out and nearly matches his season numbers uh, in one game. But uh, Coach Francione did say that um, they might lean on some of their younger running backs, Tyler Sedinsky, uh, Stedman Mayberry. And uh, he, he even alluded to maybe – I don't know if he's done it yet, but taking the, the red shirt off of freshman running back Nick Bingham. Oof. So I never want to do that. I mean, yeah. So I, that's, that's the goal in the season for a college it, football to coach. not dip into your uh, freshman running backs. But when you when you're plagued by injuries like Texas State has this year, they have eight ACL injuries, a torn huh. Achilles, and a broken ankle, all season-ending injuries. I mean, you, he you have to you have to go deeper into your depth chart than you would have liked. So um, I would say Robert Lowe right now is the second most important player on the team now, behind Tyler Jones. I think he is that much important now, especially with the big injury. He's going to really need to step up, and I think he can. He's looked really good whenever he's given his opportunity. It seems like Robert Lowe has peaked at the perfect time. They're going up against a Georgia State rushing defense that ranks second in the Sun Belt, allowing only 149 rushing yards per game, only 4.1 yards per carry. Um, They did just allow 231 yards to App State in their only loss of the season. So talk about – Robert, the, the big, one of the biggest matchups of this this game coming up tomorrow is Robert Lowe versus that front seven. That, yeah, that's going to be tough. They're the second best Sun Belt rushing team or defense in the in the conference, and Robert Lowe is going to be asked to go against a pretty good front seven. There, he told me that he remembers them being really stout and physical. They're just a physical football team. They're just going to hit you in the mouth all night, and if you can survive that, then you got a good shot against them. But. That, that's a big matchup. Also, the matchup between the rush defense uh, against the Georgia Southern rush offense, I think that's going to be Yes, Georgia Southern's rushing one. offense. Let's talk about them for a minute. Oh, my um, God. Georgia Southern leads the nation in the rushing nation. yards per game with 369 uh, per game. Again, they uh, did not get that many against uh, App- uh, Appalachian State, only 188 yards. But they run this triple option Navy-like offense that, I mean, but it seems like they're doing better at it than Navy is since they're leading the nation. 
Um, but I mean, just to, to go down the list, I got some of the players. That, uh, Kevin Elson, the qu- starting quarterback, has rushed for 376 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, big number, 7.8 yards per carry. Uh, Matt Breida, the the big workhorse for them, almost nearly a thousand yards. He has 958 yards on the season, 11 touchdowns, and 9.7 yards per carry. He's almost getting a first down every time he touches the ball. That's stupid. Why do they even take him out of the game? He just get it every time. I mean. What's the what's the deal of them passing? There you go. And then, they should just hand it to him every time. Exactly. <laughs> and then their uh, second string running back, L.A. Ramsey, 442 yards, seven touchdowns, 5.6 yards per carry. So all Jeez. three of their biggest rushers are ru- are rushing for over five yards per carry, which is completely re- just absurd. So what was the third rusher? How much did he have? Uh, f- he has 442 yards on the season, seven rushing touchdowns, and 5.6 yards per He's carry. He's only 100 yards behind our leading rusher, Robert Lowe. So there you go. Crazy. That that just that just goes to show <laughs> how much and how effective Georgia Southern runs the ball. So I guess moving forward on to uh, the the biggest player on the field for Texas State, arguably Tyler Jones, like you said. Um, last year he threw thir- uh, 30 for 51, 302 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, including the dagger that we talked about earlier, the 100-yard interception return for a touchdown. Um, this game was one of Tyler Jones's biggest passing performances. Obviously, he threw the ball 51 times, but it is mainly due to the fact that they were losing most of the game, so they were trying to play catch-up. But um, I had a stat last year. It was like every time uh, that Tyler Jones threw more than like 35 times, they were like, one and four, something like that. I, I wish I still had that stat on me because it was a really good stat. But um, this was a game where Tyler Jones, even though he was throwing so much, he almost pulled it out for them in the fourth quarter. They scored fifteen. The fourth quarter, or fourth quarter points for Texas State to Georgia Southern was fifteen to zero in Texas State's favor. So I mean, even though they were losing twenty-eight to ten going into the fourth quarter, Tyler Jones really put on his big boy helmet and was like, "I'm going to bring my team back, put it, put the team on my back, though, and just." lead the team back to almost winning the game. He's going to do that. He's going to need to do that again this week too if they want to have a chance cuz I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball that well against that defense, but their passing off or passing defense is mediocre in the Sun Belt. And if Tyler Jones can take advantage of it, that's going to be Texas State's best chance to See, win. See, the, the thing is like the football like they don't throw the ball deep like I know. They yeah. always throw like 5-yard slant routes and like out routes and drag quick, routes and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean what do you realistically think Tyler Jones, like his production-wise for tomorrow, how, how well he could, he could possibly do? Um, well, I'm not sure if he's going to run the ball like he has been. He, he'll probably still have 20 carries and have like 60, like, 70 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. So it won't be bad, but it won't be a great Tyler Jones rushing game. But he could do something, something on offense. He's got some good receivers. The problem is if they keep passing the ball like they have been passing the ball and it mm-hmm. doesn't work – the Georgia Southern is just going to control the clock the entire game because that fast offense, whenever it doesn't work, clock stops. You talked to Fran about the the time of possession and exactly, how yeah. uh, Georgia Southern controls the ball for nearly the entire game because of their rushing offense. Uh, what did he tell you in terms of like how they plan to combat that? He told me that he doesn't really want to change that much. He's very prideful on his offense, and he thinks that that if you go on to be your best, you do the things that you're best at, which is the offense. He doesn't seem to think too much of the time of possession. I mean, I, I think that 73% of the game when Georgia State or Southern has the ball, I think that you need to take a, or a look at that and think about what you're going to do on offense because you keep that offense on there and it doesn't work. I don't know. It could be a long game, but 
who knows? He might might come out tomorrow and run the ball more and get some high high percentage routes. So we make sure that the clock keeps running in Texas State's favor because Georgia Southern number one in the conference in time of possession. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I guess I don't have it on the on the outline, but if you had to pick a spotlight player uh, for this game or a pl- impact player to watch, who who would you choose? Probably one of the receivers if Tyler Jones can hook up with them. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with CJ Best. He leads a leads a team in catches and pretty sure yards as well. He's he's always has good games whenever Texas State wins. So I feel like if he can come out have a big ball game, that would be really nice for the team. He doesn't have a touchdown yet this season, so that'd be I bet he can get at least one this game. For me, I'm gonna go with the man Robert Lowe. He's he's the hot hand. Um, I've noticed in the past two years that. Whenever Texas State has a good, demanding, like, 14-plus point win, he's the guy that always does well. And so, especially against that second-ranked rushing defense, the Texas State's bread and butter is running running the ball well inefficiently. So if uh, if Robert Lowe can get his, his 248 yards, or not even that, if he can just get 150 or something – and do that, then that'll open up the passing game for Tyler Jones, either down the field or underneath routes, and that'll help him uh, just against a stingy defense like Georgia Southern. So uh, as we wrap up the show, do you have any bold, old, any bold predictions? Um, one's probably not that bold, but I say we walk out of the game without an interception again to continue to be the only team in the country without an interception. I had a feeling you were going to do the interception thing. That's crazy. They're the only team. I would like to know when the last time a team went an entire season without an interception. I don't know if it's ever had that. For those, well, I'll, I'll get on that. I'll, <laughs> I'll see. I'll, I'll do my research and see if I can find out when the last time. Uh, I was looking earlier. It's hard to find. Yeah, there you, you see, go. Like, teams I mean, with most interceptions are never the team with the least interceptions. Yeah, because it's like you don't get praise for not getting any interceptions. Exactly, so, yeah. I mean – that that'll be that. I'll see if I can try to find that. My bull prediction is that I'm going to go with this game is going to be another one possession game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say whether if they're going to win or not because I, I saying that they're going to beat Georgia Southern is is kind of huge in this standpoint. They are they just won Texas State just won their last game, so it's possible. Um, I'm not going to go out on a limb just yet and say that, but. I'll say that it's they're going to keep it close like last year, and they're going to keep it a one-possession game. And so wrapping up the show, any final thoughts? Um, well, i got another prediction. I think that uh, Breda, the running back for Georgia Southern, is going to put up about 250 yards tomorrow. That's my oh prediction. Oh, my. I'm, I'm seeing a big day from him. A lot of running backs have big days against them. Last week, Southern Miss, uh, I think Xavier Johnson's his name. He had a pretty good game. But, yeah, final thoughts. It's going to be an interesting ball game. If they can win, that would be huge for the season. That would completely turn it around. That would be for sure the turning point of the season if they can come out and win tomorrow. Uh, but if they don't, it's not the worst thing that could happen. I agree. If they win tomorrow, they are on their way to turning their season around. Um, after that, though, they would have three-game home stretch of teams that they've all beaten. So if they, if they do ma- uh, manage to beat uh, Georgia Southern – and then they go on to win the next three games. They would be three, so that'd be six and four. So yeah, I mean, turn everything around. That'd be turn everything around. They have two. They'd have two more games left to go. Um, they'd already be bowl eligible, and they'd be back into their leave no doubt in everyone's mind oh, that they yeah. said at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I haven't heard that much lately. <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, I think if they can win that game, Arkansas and Arkansas State win, that would 
That would definitely get them in a shot. Do you think that that winning out would get them in a bowl game? Yeah, I mean they'd be seven and five. Um, they would be on fire. They'd probably be ahead of Arkansas State if they win that because I think that game at the end of the year will determine who gets that. That'd be that an interesting game if it came fourth. down to it. It could be. Arkansas State doesn't look that good. They lost to uh, – or no, they beat so- South Alabama, so they have been looking good. But at least in that game, that's the only game I've seen. But I think uh, my Arkansas State game at the end could be good. Texas State beat them up a little bit last year. So All right. they might have revenge on their mind. Well, seems like another must win. So – from here on out, it's going to be must-wins, pretty much. It, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. So, I guess, is that, is that all we got for you today? Yeah. You got, yeah. Any, you got anything else to say? Um, I think that uh, – That pretty much covers it? Well, I want to give a shout-out to Keesum, too. Uh, okay, he, what do you want to tell Keesum? Uh, he probably just got done watching the Spurs uh, lose to OKC. Oh, Saw dang. that one on there, yeah. Danny Green didn't look too good at the end there. Good investment, San Antonio. Good investment. All right, yep. Shout-out to Keesum. So, for Matt Gervitz. I'm Paul Livingood. See you next time. <laughs>